Welcome to Encounter. We want nothing more than to help you find and follow Jesus. If you're a college student in Central Illinois, join us Monday nights, ISU's campus. We'd love to see you there. And so as we've been going through this series on the Lord's Prayer, the reason why we have these beautiful people standing behind me is this. The Lord's Prayer is the same thing. I have been blown away um, at like prepping for teaching within the Lord's Prayer, just realizing how big that is cross-culturally. Truly, people have whispered that prayer in basements, meeting in a, you know, three or four people meeting together because it's illegal. And they whisper that prayer as an encouragement to each other. The church in Ukraine is saying this prayer together right now as they're trying to figure out a war-torn country. There are people who spoke this prayer today in nations where they're going to bed hungry because they don't have enough to eat. And very affluent billionaires are praying this prayer. I mean, it's just crazy that across cultures, across time zones, this is something that for the last 2,000 years has unified followers of Jesus. And we're getting to participate in that too every week. And so we have a lot of people here who speak more languages than me, right? Which doesn't take much, okay? Uh, my Spanish? Okay. Looks a little bit, okay? So what they're going to do, they're going to bless us tonight by giving us the Lord's Prayer and the languages that they know, and then Arnold's going to close that out in Tagalog, which is the Philippines language, okay? It's pretty good, right? Come on. This is the Lord's Prayer in French. Notre Père, qui es au ciel, que ton nom soit sanctifié, que ton règne vienne, que ta volonté soit faite. This is the Lord's Prayer in Swahili, a language predominantly spoken in Kenya, Tanzania, and parts of East Africa. Baba Yetu Hia Biguni, Zinalako Nitikuzwe, Ufalme Wako Ufike, Utakalo Ufanyike, Duniani Kama Mikuri, Utipeleho Mkate Wetu Wakila Siku, Tukusamea Makosa Yetu, Kama Nasi Tunabuwasamea, Waliyo Tukosea. Usitutie Katika Kishawishi, this is the Lord's Prayer in Yoruba, a language spoken in West Africa and across parts of South America. Baba Watintenio, Tiabo Morukore, Kijo Bareti, Ifeti Renikashi Niayu. Be watching Shinyo, who are you, Ujo, Jo, Wayo, 
This is the Lord's Prayer in Tagalog translation, and it says, Ama namin, sumasalangit ka, sambahin ang ngalan mo. Mapapasa amin ang kariyan mo, sundin ang loob mo. Dito sa lupa, para na rin sa langit. Bigyan mo kami ngayon ng aming kakanin sa araw-araw, at patawarin mo ang aming mga sala, para sa pagpapatawad namin sa mga nagkakasala sa amin. At huwag mo kaming ipahintulot sa tukso, at iadya mo kami sa lahat ng masasama, sapagkat iyo ang kaharian at kapangyarihan at kadakilaan magpakailanpaman. Amen. Good evening! Wow, I think you can do better than that. Good evening! There you go. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ben, for this invitation. Um, it has been... I'm very nervous, actually. All right? Uh, when I speak in the Philippines, I usually speak in Taglish. That means Tagalog and English. And so, um, uh, speaking to you today, tonight, um, straight English is kind of difficult. <laughs> All right? So, um, someone has said that um, prayer is not a means to get what we want from God, prayer is God's way to form us the way He wants us to be. Amen? That's what prayer is. And I was told that you have been going through a series of this, the Lord's Prayer, and trying to understand what the model prayer means to you and to us as Christians. You know, I was going to uh, uh, ask everyone to recite the Lord's Prayer, but because we have done it already, so um, uh, I, I guess there is no need to do that. <laughs> so tonight, I want to share the, um, the part when Jesus said, Give us the day, uh, this day, our daily bread. What does, it, what does prayer mean? And what does it mean to trust God in our daily lives? Right? So, um, but before doing that, I want to share my testimony. It's going to be very long, so bear with me. How, man, how, many, um, how much time do I have? Woo! Yes! <laughs> All right. So, um, um, a childhood, I grew up with, uh, in a very, very, very remote place and rural place in northern Luzon. And if you can um, pull out the map of the Philippines, I live on top of northern Luzon, like right there by the seashore. I was five minutes away from the sea, warm sea, not cold, very warm. And um, an average of cars uh, passed by in our dirt and rough, and, um, rough country roads. So very, very remote uh, during my time. I belong to a family of nine children, 18 if everybody lived. So very huge family. I, our family was so poor that I had to go to school barefoot because my parents could not afford even a rubber sleepers for me. 
but life was good. We enjoyed living our lives as children. And I came to know Christ at a very young age. I was nine, actually, during a summer camp that my sister forced me to go. Sounds familiar. Growing up, all I wanted to be... Um, I, all I wanted was to get better in life and believe that education is the only way. And in fact, it's still the only way in the Philippines. It was my life's goal to go to college and promise myself that I would do anything to get me an education. That was my life. But God had a better things in mind. God had better plans in mind. I went to Bible college instead because it was the only option that I had. The only option. No more. I didn't like the idea of becoming a minister. In my heart, I wanted to become a lawyer. I wanted to become a lawyer so bad during my childhood. Again, even in, the Bible, in Bible college, my family could not afford to provide my needs while I was in school. I had to work for an American missionary um, to be able to go to school. So what I did, I, every morning at 45 uh, in, uh, in the morning, I would go to their house and clean the house and the yard and do all household work for them. Right after my class in the afternoon, I would go back to their house and babysit their children for their, um, I mean, the rest of the day. And of course, do more household chores. People would call me Amboy. You know what Amboy means? Amboy is a shortcut for American boy, and it was derogatory term for someone who is working for Americans during that time. Forever grateful to that family, of course, because they did not only help me uh, finish my education, they also taught me values pertaining to family and ministry and life as a whole. But I didn't really like the idea of becoming a pastor. I hated the idea, actually. I told my sister, I don't want to become a pastor. But, you know, she was very, very persistent. I did my best to get me out of that poor community and get me an education. And any kind of education was good enough for me. That was my goal. I only came to realize my calling during my senior year in the Bible college. I began to question my existence. Who am I? You know, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? Where am I going after this life? And I came to see and realize that God has been doing what God has been doing in my life throughout those years. And I came to realize that God will use every and any experience to mold me and grow me as his servant leader. Poverty was only God's way for me, at least to see beyond myself. It was his way for me to strive to reach greater heights for my life. Well and good. Actually, no. I was still fighting the idea of being called to ministry against it. So before I graduated, I talked to the missionary couple um, if they would still financially help me if I would pursue a further or for, further my education. I still had in me the dream of becoming a lawyer, not a minister. So with much thought and prayers, and with my relationship with this family, they gladly said, yes, we will help you go to college. I hopped in in a bus, 14 hours, and, and went to Manila. 
and 14 hours uh, going back and took my entrance examination at Polytechnic University of the Philippines. That was the sweetest name of a university I've ever heard. <laughs> I was fully confident going to that entrance examination. You know, confident that God was calling me to be a lawyer someday and not to become a pastor. I was dreaming of that day someone will call me Abogado de Campanilla. That just means someone who is a higher stature in life. But prior to all of this, I spent sometimes days in prayer seeking for God's answer, getting some advices from other people also. I was remembering my specific prayer. I mean, actually, I remember it uh, every time I share this um, uh, testimony. Um, my prayer was, Lord, if I pass, uh, actually, this very selfish prayer, Lord, if I pass and I take it, you know, as an answer from you, that you are going to help me go through college. If not, this was my prayer, I take that as an answer, and you are calling me into full-time ministry. And that you will provide whatever needs I have. I didn't say once. I said, whatever needs I have. After a month my, of my, uh, and my graduation in that Bible college, I went back to Manila, 14 hours again in a bus, and 14 hours going back to see if I had passed the exam, the entrance exam. Well, there was over 6,000 first-year students of that university that had passed that entrance examination. So, I begin to walk to that list, right? And I went immediately to the letter P, my family name, Passion. And one by one, I look for my name, one by one. I couldn't find my name. So I went back, <laughs> read it again, but I couldn't find my name. Five times that I repeated, I even began from letter A just to make sure that I didn't miss. But my name was not there. I walked toward the gate. And for the sixth time, I went back. <laughs> Just to make sure that I did not miss my name. But I couldn't find my name. I went through the list, at least, I, as far as I can remember, six times. I felt like my world came crumbling down. The 500 feet to the gate of the university felt like five kilometers. Walking and going out of that university. That is when I remembered my prayer. If, I, if the answer is no, it means you are calling me into ministry, full-time ministry. And let me just summarize uh, God's answer to that simple prayer of provision on that day. The following week, the same missionary asked me to help them move from Manila to Baguio City. I hope you have your map. You know, that's about six hours in a bus during that time. So, um, the same week, in Baguio City, the church that the, that missionary couple were part of invited me to be their speaker in that summer camp. 
You know, remember, I just graduated from Bible college. Um, it was in that summer camp that I met my future wife, Gigi. And it was the sum, at that summer camp that I first heard the invitation to be an intern of that church. So, that means things are going along, okay? And then we will, um, we will reserve the love life story, maybe um, next time I come and visit. <laughs> You'll love to hear it. But after that internship, I was invited to join the Philippine Christian Mission uh, to plant churches in and around Baguio City. Two years later, uh, because of the need to train more pastors, we started the Bible College, now called the Philippine College of Ministry, in 1992. It was the same Christian mission who started the Philippine Campus Ministry. You know, that same Philippine Campus Ministry that invited Pete and Paulette Coco to organize and restructure same campus ministry. Unfortunately, they left after one and a half years. And the good thing was that Pete and ISU Encounter, they continued to support the campus ministry in the Philippines. And in 2005, that is, this is a very, uh, this is a turning point in my life. In 2005, Pete Coco, Ben Miller, and Chad Parker <laughs> flew and traveled 8,065 miles to tell me that they had been praying for me for 10 years to lead the campus ministry in the Philippines. As a matter of fact, we climbed Mount Pulag. Chad called it Pulag. And we talked, and we shared, and we dreamed as we were climbing that mountain. And it, that, that is why I'm standing before you tonight, because you, all of you, and me, are the answer to prayers God's and God's means to do His work. I'm not done yet. You have, to, you have to understand that this is all about God, not me. But between that prayer of provision decades ago and tonight, this is what God has done. I have helped plant at least 17 churches in our city and around the city. And I have trained hundreds, if not thousands, uh, on uh, people, leaders, on how to plant churches in the Philippines and in Asia. Through Encounter US, we now have three campus ministries in the Philippines and dreaming to have more. The, at least that is my uh, dream. Through campus ministry in the Philippines, we support a Filipino missionary and campus minister, minister in Bangkok, Thailand. That is um, in the persons of Mark and Princess Bernardino. And have discipled students to become disciple makers after, after they graduate. I've always desired education. Yes, through God's provision, I have finished two bachelor's degree and two master's degree, all in theology. <laughs> Not to be a lawyer, but to be a pastor. God's provision in my life, my family and ministry is more than I have asked and can ask for. If you do not know, our Philippine passport rank number 79. USA, on the other hand, rank at number 6. That's how powerful your passport is. You can go anywhere in the world just by showing your passport. It is almost impossible for someone like me to be granted a U.S. visa. But with, but with much prayer and because we believe that all that is going on and all that is going 
to um, be done by God, you know, we hold a multiple entry visa to the United States. That is why I'm standing before you today or tonight. And about that calling, I want to share with uh, to you about that calling. In 2008, while we were visiting my brother in Hawaii, as soon as we arrived, he began to cry and weep over me. He was just crying. Almost uncontrollable cry. To our amazement, we asked him why, and his answer was, who would have thought that you would become a pastor? That was his words. And that, who would, that through your work as a pastor, you traveled the world spreading the word of God. And for the first time in my life, I heard a story that would confirm my calling that I have been questioning for many, many years. These words, this was, uh, these were his words. He said, three times our mother tried to abort you, and I was there to witness them all. Three times. I did not hate my parents. I loved them the more. They were very, uh, he, uh, my mother was still alive during that time. She was very old. And I, uh, I was just so happy that my calling was affirmed during that day. And God is not done yet. If God gives you a vision, it always comes with provision. And that has been the principle that I am holding on up to this day. If God has a vision for you, He's going to provide those provision. When Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, or when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are asking for freedom. All right? Freedom from worry. Worry is our attempt to control the uncontrollable. But God said, let it go. Let go of those worries. Worry is when Satan wants you to uh, where what Satan wants you to be. When we focus on worries of life, we are removing God out of the picture of the greatest plan that he has for you. This is what Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or um, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worrying add a single hour to his life? We cannot. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor. They do not spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after this, all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. If you want to underline these words in your Bible, he said in verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I like that. Seek God and his righteousness. 
and all the things that we worry about. It doesn't matter if it's about food, about problems, about things that we, uh, issues that we, resol- I mean, we want to resolve in our lives. All these things will be given to you as well. God wants us to look to Him in all things. When we are confused and do not know what to do, He is our source of wisdom. When life is caving in on us, He is our source of encouragement. He is our strength when we are exhausted. He is our source of hope. He stress out, He is our peace. When we are overwhelmed with sin and guilt, He is our salvation. That's God's promise. And here's what I have learned uh, about prayer and God's provision from Jesus' prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. I learned that prayer is an acknowledgement of my dependence upon God. It is an acknowledgement that I cannot do it alone. It is an acknowledgement that God is in control. By nature, we want to declare our independence, right? That's we, um, that we are self-made individuals, that the, but the word give indicates our complete dependence upon God for everything. Someone has said that God made us with needs so that we would have to look to him to supply those needs. We are created to be in need of God, and God's promise is, I will supply them. This part of the prayer of Jesus is not all about us praying for anything that we want. If it were so, Jesus would have not simplified his prayer. Okay? This part of the prayer is asking God and having the confidence that God will meet the true needs in our lives. Amen? I like how Jesus put it in verse 33. But seek God first. Um, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. Again, Paul echoed, echoed the truth in his letter to the church in Corinth when he said, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What does the word all mean? All. Right? Everything that we need. All of these provisions come from our dependence upon God. Secondly, I learned that prayer is a way to grow my gratitude toward God. Give us this day our daily bread, the prayer said. Prayer, bread is used in the Bible as a general term for the basic necessities of life. By sweat, the Bible says, you will... Um, uh, of your face, you will eat your bread. Genesis chapter 3.19. That means simply, you will have to work for your living. So bread includes food, includes health, appetite, shelter, clothing. It also includes our work, our safety, family, good economy, of course. You know? And for example, I was just comparing your bone, what do you call it? Bone student center. I was just so impressed. You know, you have places to review, you have places, rooms to study, you have everything that you need. Amen? You know, I was comparing that to any university in the Philippines. I have not seen that. I've been to um, University of the Philippines, but, you know, it's not even close. 
All right? So um, it, it's just a fact that we have, or God has provided all the things that we need. All of these are gifts that come from the hand of our Father in heaven. In this prayer for daily bread, we are asking God to give all, okay, that we need to sustain a life that is committed to honor God. Not to destroy what he has given us, but to honor God. The prayer here is that God will give us all that we need, not all that we want, okay? In Numbers chapter 11, tells us the story of how God's people complained about the food God provided them. But remember, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 358 years. And imagine, they were slaves. They were not of their own. They were working so that they can live for another day. They were slaves. But then God sent Moses to deliver them from slavery. And finally, they were freed. But as soon as they moved from Egypt to the desert, they began to complain about the bread that comes from heaven. You know, in, in the Philippines, I mean, in Asia, you know, we have kind of pointed eyes. You know, you know why? Because Asians complain, rise again. <laughs> rise again. By nature, we complain. Even the best things in life, we complain. And that's what happened to these people of God, the Israelites. The Israelites were slaves, and they finally were freed, but they complained. And finally, after 350 years, God sent them a Savior, yet they were still complaining. I want to pause here for a moment, because a lot of times, to become angry, to become frustrated, dissatisfied, you know, may of the greatest things in life, you know, the temptation that we face many times, you know, let me say this, don't despise the manna. Don't despise the blessings. Don't despise the things that we have today. Those are the blessings, provisions God has provided for us. You know, some of you have been to the Philippines. You know, in comparison, the things that you have here is far beyond the things that we have. You know, I'm not saying you should complain or we should complain. I'm not saying that. But in every circumstance, the Bible said, we must give thanks to our God. Don't despise the manna. Do not despise the common blessings we enjoy every day. The manna may not be all that we want, but the manna is a gift from God. And when God's people despise, and the, the manna, the anger of the Lord was upon them. This is what happened as a result of their complaining. In verse um, uh, 11 of chapter, uh, verse 33 of chapter 11 in Numbers, while the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. You know, complain is what makes God unhappy. And the prayer of Jesus said, give us this day 
It is an acknowledgement of God's favor and blessings. That God, thank God for the manna. Thank Him for what you have. Thank Him for what He has given because it is what God is asking. Having said that, sometimes we ask the bread, you know, uh, we ask for bread and we, or we ask for rice. He will also give us filet minions, right? Extra. <laughs> I like this verse. You know, notice what the psalmist said in um, um, chapter 37 of Psalm. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Those are the extra ones we have. And God can provide them too. Number three. I learned that prayer opens my eyes to the need of others. I call that compassion. Compassion. Prayer is not only to seek what I need to see and meet the needs of others. You know, it says, give us this day our, da- this day our daily bread. Notice the plural um, words here. It's not give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread. The us and the our run throughout the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Those are all plural forms. So here's a prayer that will help us not only acknowledge our dependence and grow in gratitude, but also deepen our compassion for others who need our help. This is where we intercede for the practical needs of others. That's why we pray for others. That's why we intercede for others. This is where we intercede of the needs of our brother, of our roommates, of our classmates. You know, we pray for them. Remember when he said in the beginning, uh, what I said in the beginning, prayer is not getting what we want from God. It is becoming what God wants us to be. That's exactly what prayer is to us. And lastly, I learned that prayer affirms God's faithfulness. God is faithful and forever faithful. The word daily reminds us that God has a track record of faithfulness. We have experienced having so little, but we have never run out of God's blessing. You know, and my my wife can attest to that. Sometimes uh, there were times that, uh, especially when we were, uh, uh, our second son was uh, in college, you know, uh, they have trimesters. So after three months, uh, we were worrying where we are going to get the tuition fees and all those, the needs, you know. But God always showed his favor and his provision is abundant. Jesus' words are clear. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. We ask why? Why should we not uh, be anxious? Because Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at the lilies. They never work, but God provides for them. So when we pray, when we pray, we pray with confidence. And when we pray, wonderful things can happen to you, and it will transform how you are going to pray. From fear to confidence. 
we will learn that God will meet our daily needs. Remember the word all? All means no exceptions. God is going to provide all the things that we need. From grumbling to gratitude, we will stop focusing on ourselves and our needs and be grateful to God for what we have. Because God is our supplier. From troubled to trusting. Because when we trust God, the troubles of our lives can be eliminated. So when God gives us a mission, and it doesn't matter when you are just sharing the word of God, when you are just sharing your faith to your roommate, it doesn't matter when you are going overseas for a mission. God is going to provide all those needs. So my question is, what are you worrying about today? Are you worrying about passing your class? Are you worrying about some needs that you have in life? Are you worrying about your family? How are you worrying about your friend, your relationship? God said, I have the answer. I will provide. So we're going to pray. And uh, may I ask everyone to please stand up. And just find someone beside you. You know, someone you can pray for. Ask them what they can pray, uh, what they want to pray for them. And then just in a minute or two. I just want you to pray for that person beside you. And if you don't have one person beside you, please find one. All right? And after two minutes, I just, I'll just want to close with a prayer. Go ahead and pray for that person beside you.
Heavenly Father, tonight we just want to offer our praises, O oh God. We just want to offer you our prayers. We just want to offer you our lives. Lord, we worry many times. We worry what, of the things that we eat. We worry of the things that we do. We worry about the family that we have, the friends, oh Lord, the relationship that we have. But Lord, you have promised us that you are going to provide those needs, those daily breads, those daily needs that we have, Father. You are going to provide them. Thank you very much, O oh God, for your provision. And thank you very much, O oh Lord, for the promise that you are going to answer all of these prayers. Hear us, O oh God. Hear our cries. Hear our prayers. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Good evening. Thanks for listening. Find out more about Encounter and ways to get involved at isuencounter.org.